Ever since I found out that other people do not have like alternate methods for syncing, I just feel like a like a bizarre clown. Like we're engaging in some like absurd ritual that only I mean, makes sense to us. Yeah, but um, if you actually, I, mean, I I can't tell if you're hot on the mic or if my headphones are turned up. Is your waveform looking particularly? Big? No, I actually did just drop my my uh, mic volume a little bit because my waveform was actually like spiking out. So okay, cool. Hopefully, this sounds better. Uh, it sounds better to me. Okay. Yeah, I was hitting the I was hitting the red there for a second, so All right. All right. Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode forty three of Licensed to Car Ranger, the Internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing pretty well, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Yeah, me too. It feels great. It's, uh, it's, I, I say we do it every week. We missed last week. We were very glad to have uh, producer Mark and uh, his daughter Ivy back back for a the hottest guest star segment uh, that this show has, I think. Yeah, she is absolutely more popular than either of us. Um, which, you know, I'm... I, I'm frankly, I'm an old man now. I'm comfortable with that. I don't need people to like me. But it is, it is, it is good to be back. It is. You know, I would have more ego about it, except that I've met Ivy, and she is just like a delightful, charming young lady. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I'm just like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Like Ivy's great. Like yeah. I would absolutely. You're of course, fine. people like this. Yeah, <laughs> like who wouldn't? This is great audio. Uh, speaking of great audio, Dave, uh, we're about to talk about episode 43 of uh, Gokai Sentai Car Ranger. It is called, not Gokai. I cannot believe how poorly you just did that. Hey, listen, Gokai said, what, 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 was there a Gokai one? Uh, Kaku Ranger? Was Gokai something? I don't know, Go- man. There's, well, there's a show called Gokaiger. Gokaiger? Gokaiger, yes, that's the anniversary show. Very good. Yeah. We're talking about episode 43 of Gokaiger. <laughs> We're going to have zero context. Uh, it's about pirates, and that one might have, I don't know, Jack Hugh in it. No, it's episode 43, of course, of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Merry Car Magic Christmas. This was the Christmas episode. We are no longer in Christmas season, but that's fine. Yeah, I do, you know, I do wish that we had managed to hit. I feel like it would have hit even harder if we had gotten it right in at the Christmas season. Because, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Still not mad at it. Good episode this week. Look forward to talking about it. Uh, But, of course, before we do that, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, man, is a game that I've been playing. And it's very exciting because this is an old game. But, astonishingly, it has become immediately relevant again, because the game is called Dead Cells, and it's three years old, but they just dropped new DLC for it, literally, like, the day before we started recording this episode. Which is super exciting, because normally when we talk about very old video games, we don't have an excuse to talk about the very old video game. Aside it's, from the fact that, like, we just are behind. Right, and right. And we haven't played new games in ages. But, so this game, uh, if you haven't played it, it is, it is like a, it's a roguelike Metroidvania. And are, I'm astonished that no one has come up with this before. Like, this is a fantastic concept. I mean, there may have been other ones like this before. I don't have my my ear to the ground that well. But this is definitely the one that is, like, that has that is most visible to me, a guy who only kind of pays attention. Yeah, you know what's wild to me, actually, is the degree to which I don't pay attention. Like, I used to be... Like, I had I had my ear to the ground. Like, I was a regular... Re- like, I read blogs about video games. You had like, a subscription I, to Game Informer. I had a subscription to for years. Not that, like, Game Informer was, like, the high... I actually liked Game Informer quite a bit. Yeah, I had... I had like a five or six year running subscription to Game Informer. And now I exist in like 
the very like far far outskirt orbit of like anything that's happening in the world of video games outside of like one or two vectors along which i'm still very informed and those vectors are like cyberpunk 2077 and and like whatever the next big bethesda game is going to be and like that's basically it um, so anyways, this game Dead Cells, uh, aesthetically, it's really fun. You are like a, I'm actually totally not sure of the story yet, but like you're trying to escape this terrible prison oh, where I, like, Dave, I've also been playing this. We both, it's, it's on, uh, it's on the Xbox game pass. So we actually both picked it up sort of independently. Yeah. Um, I actually am in trouble because my Xbox game pass expires on February the 20th and I don't think I'm going to keep it up. And I'm going to run out of things to talk about real fast here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I don't know if you were to have like bought this game, like on a disc, if there would have been something written on the back of the like the box that said, "You are like Jonathan Deadcell, and you are trying to escape from the evil castle run by." Doctor Chemical, you know, like I don't... really don't know that there is. Like, I don't know how deep the fiction of this game goes, right? But like, I w- I've also been playing Hollow Knight, and Hollow Knight actually does have a super deep story, but it doesn't tell it to you immediately. You have to like sort of as you are playing the game discover what the story is. I don't know if that's the case for Dead Cells, or if they're just like, I don't know, man. There's monsters and you're headless. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but anyways, it's this fantastic game. The DLC for it just came out. Now, I realize that we sort of talked about this, Matt. I actually have not played the DLC. So if you are a Dead Cells fan, uh, I apologize. I do not actually have any hot takes for you. But if you haven't played this game, you definitely should. Uh, basically, you're starting at the very beginning, and you're resetting effectively from scratch every time. But as you're going through... You're you're like slowly unlocking things so that uh, you're not you're not totally starting from scratch, I guess. Um, but you are basically starting from like the very beginning, and you start from the very same point, and you just go farther and farther and farther uh, until eventually, you know, you get to the end. It's a it's a ton of fun. The gameplay is very fluid. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me in a very good way of Prince of Persia, the original Prince of Persia. Well, in the sense that it's a side scroller, but no, uh, no, like the more recent side, the more recent ones, just that like the action is very quick and very fluid, and it uh, it's very responsive. It just feels very good. So, yeah, Dead Cells, very fun. Who would have thunk? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people would have thunk in two thousand seventeen. A lot of it was. It's I a guess. very popular game. Uh, so, Matt, what is our second star of the week? Uh, speaking of fun games, Dave, I have recently made a new game or a new character. Uh, to play in the 6th edition of Shadowrun. Ooh, I do like Shadowrun okay. quite a bit. So I don't know if I like it as much conceptually as just straight-up cyberpunk, but I do like Shadowrun. Okay, see, this is what I actually want to talk about, because nobody is that interested to hear what my Shadowrun character is, right? Like, I mean, if well, you... I'm... Okay, I am a little bit interested. Okay, the the bullet points are, I made a virtual adept... Or, I'm sorry, uh, a, I... a, a, a physical adept... Love the physical adept. Uh, a virtual adept is something from a different game. Uh, that is from Mage. No, uh, I made a physical adept, and a lot of his powers are like about having like extra special senses, and he's Ooh. a bounty hunter who can like track people. Oh, okay. So he's sort of like a uh, like a Deadpool meets uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter is what I'm getting. Uh, sort of. Yeah. It's I, I had been lo- watching a lot Deadpool. of Westerns. I said Deadpool. I meant Daredevil. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's closer. I've been watching a lot of Westerns. So I'm like, yeah, he needs to feel like a gunslinging bounty hunter, but also cyberpunk. Yep, nope, love it. Makes a ton of sense. Anyways, um, what were you going to say? So here's the thing. I, I feel like in a way that I never have before, I am ready to love Sci- or Shadowrun now. Because okay. I, I have always pushed back on Shadowrun. Because if you've never played the game, it's a tabletop RPG. Yep. And it is... the the. The broad concept of it is that it's like a cyberpunk game, but it is a cyberpunk in the future of a fantasy world. So, like, there is, like, dudes with mirror shades and laser guns and cybernetic arms. Yeah, all that stuff. And, like, you know, neon cars and stuff. But, like, that guy might be a dwarf. 
Yes. Or like, slash wizard. Right. And like there is definitely an elf who is a wizard who like rolls around with you and your team and sits in the van next to your hacker. Like it is a weird mishmash of genres. And I don't know what it because I've always pushed back on that because I'm like, no, like don't like don't put my like those are two great tastes, not necessarily two that I feel like go great together. But I feel like now that it's 2020, like it kind of like the world is now getting to a point where everything feels a little like proto cyberpunk in real life. So now it's just like, yeah, like crank that to 11. And also there's a wizard like that's very fun. There is a weird degree like. Man, here's the okay. Here's the thing, and I, I feel like we've talked about this at least a little bit in the past. But like, I, you and I are of like a very specific, and it's I know there's like this whole talk of like a micro generation or whatever. But you and I are at a very specific, like sort of like riding the cusp of technology as we are aging. Yeah. Uh, in a way that people that are like actually not even too terribly older than us and not too terribly younger than us kind of don't and uh, and can't because like we were sort of hitting developmental spots just as technology was like starting to launch. And so we are not digital digital natives in the way that the way, like, like the kids that I teach are. at the high school yeah. are. Yeah. Who have just grown up in an entirely internet world. Like they have no conception of the world outside the context of the internet existing. And not just like the internet. Like the internet of like 2009 like forward effectively. Right. You Which know was what I like mean? Right after the internet stopped being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, everything the teenagers love is garbage. No, no, no. Uh, it's just that the internet stopped being good in two thousand eight. I think that's. I think that's the point. I think that's, that's the cutoff. That's um, that's the pivot point. Yeah. And so, growing up in a world where, like, oh yeah, like, like that all is is science fiction, and now you are getting to be old enough to like, well, no, it's not actually. Like, it's actually very definitely reality, and not just. Like, oh, kind of. Like, no, really, we're working on cyber arms, and they're very good, in fact. Right. And even, like, and not just technologically, but, like, the problems, like, some of, like... Oh, yeah, also the the horrifying dystopia elements are, like, really kicking into gear. Yeah, like, the, Uh, the extent to which there are horrific dystopian things in our real life, they they very much, like, those problems are cyberpunk problems in a very real way, right? (laughs) You know, like, mega corporations and stuff, like, um, and so, play, like, okay, like... At least if I'm playing in a game, like, the problems will be worse than they are in my real life, but my, 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 like, magic gunslinger with, like, a special eyes can fix those problems. Yeah, and no, that that's, feels uh, good. that is, that does feel nice, Matt. Anyway, Dave, speaking of playing games with friends, uh, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week is the other day. Our good friend Josh had a birthday party, and uh, you guys all started at noon. I did not get out till like around seven o'clock. But uh, Josh is a big board games guy, and so he just had a sort of like board game extravaganza, uh, and that was his birthday party. And I got out for part of it. And I know you you obviously were there as well. Mm-hmm. And I stayed out until like uh, uncut like one fifteen, which is insane. For me, I do not do that anymore. This is not like a thing that, right? Like, that's just not my universe. Yeah, like in my youth, that was no problem. And if I'm already home and up till one, that still happens sometimes. But like, I didn't get home until after 1 30. Uh, and like, I had just been like, I was worried that I was gonna be sleepy and fall asleep, like, you know, be sleepy while driving. So, like, I drank like a can of. Dr. Pepper before I left, so I was, I got home full of caffeine and just stayed up reading, like, Mark Grunewald Captain America comics until, like, 3.30 in the morning. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so we got to do this. Yeah, it was, 
you know, it was really wild to me. There was a handful of things that were funny about this. Is so it showed up. First of all, there was uh, no booze at this party. Like maybe there had been earlier. But uh, by, there, like, there was a, there was a stray beer floating around somewhere. We uh, I I will say we had gone out for drinks for his birthday the night before. Uh, and so that day we we're like, you know. We don't necessarily need two days in a row of this. Yeah. So anyways, like, what was wild is there was there was no alcohol at this party. And second of all, like, we're sitting around playing games, and Josh is like, uh, you know, it was around 8.30, and somebody mentioned coffee, and I was like, oh, yeah, I love a cup of coffee. And Josh was like, oh, I'll make coffee. And I said, oh, sure, but decaf, right? It's 8.37, Let's not get insane. Right. And like in that moment, like the late thirties ness of this party, like per- crystallized for me, real perfectly. <laughs> like no, 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 no alcohol. Like I've got to get home to my kids. I'd love a cup of coffee, but let's not let's not have caffeinated coffee because I got to get to bed. It's a- now I did, of course, not end up going to bed until two in the morning, uh, which again is insane for me. Uh, but I did it. We played two great games. Uh, one is a classic, Puerto Rico, which astonishingly I had never played before. I, I am very surprised you never played Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, uh, if you are not a board game person, is a like it's a resource management game. Think, um, like it's a resource management game, sort of in the same way that Settlers of Catan is a resource management game, except that Puerto Rico is a good game that's well made and fun to play. Yes, yeah, it is uh, It is kind of astonishing. Matt, this is not a joke. I think I may own a copy of Puerto Rico. I would not be surprised. And just kind of have, like, somehow never gotten around to, like, opening the box and playing it. And, like, this is, like, again, this is, like, a super classic game. Uh, and I had never played that before, and that was a blast. And then we played a brand new game. Not brand new. It's, it's like, two years old or something. Uh, but I had never played it before called Scythe. And it is, like... An alternate history post World War One, like Eastern Europe diesel punk game that is like it's like a, resource management risk kind of yeah it's, um, a game, it's pretty wild it's definitely a game that looks like it is going to be like a military sim game and then you start that playing it definitely it, and you're is like not. oh no this is an oil and steel gathering and like uh like tech tree building game in which you might have a few fights yeah i had uh and then i had a very weird experience which was i never had never played either of the games before and i i i kind of rolled in and i was just like okay well like this feels like an okay strategy uh, and I did win both games. Scythe I won by, according to Josh, a sort of ridiculous margin. Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was, yeah, I, I had fun too. Well, uh, sorry, <laughs> the point of this story is that I did not... It was a very surreal experience on my end. It was very... Like, I imagine that's probably how Gambit of the X-Men feels kind of like all the time. Where you just sort of are doing things and you're like, I'm not sure that this should be working, but it seems to. So, like, I'm just going to roll with it. And you get to the end. You're like, oh, wow, that did, in fact, work out very well. Dave, like, I take very... Dave, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt. No, go ahead. You're surely talking about long shot. I surely am. Well, okay. Gambit has, like, some luck powers. But, no, I am definitely talking about long shot. No, he doesn't have luck powers. He has subtle hypnotic charm. That's the thing I was thinking of. No, yes. I am thinking about... I kind of mishmashed those two. It's all fine. I just wanted, yeah. to, Dave. I just wanted for the listener at home who was thinking, surely he's talking about long shot. I wanted to be his voice right here. Yeah, no, thank you. I I was talking about long shot. And so anyway, so I got to the end of these games. Uh, I just want to be clear that I do not take very much credit for for any of <laughs> that. It was not like I figured this game out and I rolled in and with I've brilliant strategies. It. The, uh, a similar thing happened to me the the first time I played Root, which is a game I've played. Uh, I've talked about before on this show, and I think I've even told this story before. Um, the first time I played Root, we played it twice in one day, and I won both times. And I thought, man, I'm very good at this game. I must be very good at Root. <laughs> and then later, I played the game again as a different faction, and 
the faction that I had been, like, unbeatable as, like, I found them to be completely unbeatable. I was like, oh, I wasn't good at Root. I was just playing as the best team. Yeah, I think that's very much true of Scythe. Like, I... The the group I was playing at Rust Viet Union, if you've played the game, I looked at them, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you have, like, this is just the best power. Like, I'm not totally sure, but, like, I think it's very, very, very good. Uh, anyways, Matt, so that was a blast. It was a delight for me to get out and uh, see you and Josh and, and yeah. get to hang out and play some games. Uh, what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, fourth star of the week, I'm looking at our list here, just says Oh, sorry, That's, this is a fourth star. This is a fourth star that I put on there, and I got sort of lost in the moment. So I saw a billboard, Matt, and uh, it was a very bad billboard. Okay. Because here's what here's what the billboard said. Yeah, and I'll explain why it's bad in a minute. So there, uh, the billboard it had four five words on it, and the five words were crazy horse, and those were in, those were in very big letters. Sure. And then underneath it said food fun food drinks fun, and that's that was the sum total of uh, text on this very large billboard. Now you have to know that the crazy horse is. If you could probably, I feel like I don't know why strip clubs tend to have horse in the name. Maybe that's just like a thing in and around Cleveland, but couldn't tell you. Yeah, sorry. Also, to clarify, I do not, nor have I ever been to a strip club. Just you drive around, anyways. Yeah. And then also on the billboard was a lady. And uh, you could only see her from the neck up. So this was not like lascivious at all. Right. And sh- But she is giving you a look on the billboard that I sort of looks like she might be dead, but I'm sure she intended to be a, a very much like a come hither uh, lascivious sort of glance. I, I, I'm sure it probably is a look that plays better if it's not like zoomed in on on a billboard. Yeah, and like 30 feet high or something. So anyways, here is why this is an absurd billboard. Because... Like, there's only, there's only four data points. Five if you count the fact that, like, maybe strip clubs tend to have the word horse in the name for reasons I don't fully understand. Like, there's only four data points on this billboard, one of which is the lady who's giving you a bit of a look. Uh-huh. Um, but again, she's not like, you know, you can only see her from the neck up. So, like, I mean, car, car ads have that. Uh... You know, and then the other one is food drinks fun. Well, that's like that's that could be Chuck E. Cheese, man. That that's literally, like literally can be any Chuck e. restaurant. Cheese. Yeah, Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese has beer on tap. Yeah, like this could be any restaurant. It doesn't even so necessarily the, say alcoholic drinks, right? <laughs> Why, if you say drinks, I feel like that's implied. And so, the, <laughs> like, this is the stupidest billboard I've ever seen because it's if you don't already know what the crazy horse is like you might be able to intuit but like this is a billboard that only works if you already know what the product is and also there was no like there was no uh address on the billboard so like if you know what this place is and where it is it just this is this is not an advertisement it's just a reminder like hey right Has it been a while since you've thought of us? It's like, hey, remember the great times you had here? We're still here. You could come back. This is like the Christmas card you get from your dentist. Like, hey, remember me? (laughs) I just saw this billboard. an appointment. I was struck by how stupid this thing was. Uh, anyways, Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Uh, Dave, fifth star of the week is, uh, briefly, I, uh, last Wednesday, went to go see AEW Dynamite live in Cleveland. All Elite Wrestling. That sounds very good. Where was it? Uh, it was the Wolstein Center, which is the, uh, it's not like the big stadium downtown. It is. Oh, yeah. that's Well, it's a much better, bigger venue than uh, the Agora, which is where we saw NXT. Yeah. Although I've got to say, having now seen shows at the Wolstein Center, because the Wolstein Center, it's like. Uh, it's, it is a little bit more of like a stadium. Like it's a. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, it's the, it's like the college stadium, not the pro, not the pro stadium. Uh, and so. So, like, I think, like, it is, you know, large, but not as fancy as, like, the football stadium or the baseball yeah. stadium. Anyway, 
All of that is to say that having now seen wrestling in a larger sh- building and a smaller building, I think the smaller one was actually better. Oh, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like you, it would be much neater to have seen it in NX because you're like right there. Like right. there are no bad seats in the Agora. I mean, honestly, there weren't particularly bad seats where we were and we didn't have terrible seats. But the thing of it is, is that the Agora sells out. And if every seat in that place is full, then it feels like there is an energy, there's like an electricity to the room, right? Oh, because like, ev- right, okay, I can see what you're saying. Whereas like, AEW Whereas- is a great show, and there were a lot of people there, you know, more people than would have fit in the Agora, like, by far, but they- It was not sold out. Not only did they not sell it out, like, they didn't try to sell it out. They sold out. They sold out enough of that room that when they put the cameras in there and pointed them at the places where there were people, the room looked packed to the rafters on TV. Ah, okay. Because, of course, when you go to a wrestling show, the wrestlers play the role of wrestlers and you play the role of an audience at a wrestling show, right? So, like, so that's what we were. Like, you know, we paid to be the background extras at this television show, essentially. Um, But... So yeah, like a smaller room is more fun, but dude, it was very good. The AEW wrestling is extremely dope. Um, okay, it's uh like it's just a ton of people who otherwise would not be working in uh, WWE either because like they you know they went into the company and sort of bounced off of it for various reasons or uh-huh. just don't feel like it or you know couldn't get hired there for whatever reason. You know, like, but they're like, they're they're guys who are like, had been big in like independent leagues or overseas and are now just like all working together on this national scale in a venue that like otherwise just wouldn't exist. And it was extremely good. Dude, uh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds red as all get out. Oh, uh, was, was dude Orange Cassidy? Was Orange Cassidy there? Orange Cassidy absolutely was there. Nice. Um... He did. He did not wrestle a match, but he did sort of, you know, do a little, do a little bit of his thing. He, I feel like they are like weirdly saving him for something because he'll show up and just sort of like be around, but not actually do any matches. Well, you know, I feel like, no, 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 this is very good because he's so chill that like when he finally does actually do something, I feel like everybody is going to lose their collective minds. Yeah, it's, it, it was very exciting. Uh, I, I'm not going to like sit here and recap a episode of AEW. Uh, it was on TV. You could probably find it. This is more me telling you that if you have a chance to go see local professional, either your local professional wrestling or a traveling show that's coming through your town, just give it a shot. It's very fun. Uh, Dig it, man. Uh, and that, Dave, that is it for the five stars. We are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 43 of Gekisok Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Merry Car Magic Christmas. Its original air date was December 20th, 1996. It was written by Naruhisa Arakawa. Uh, you can follow along on the DVDs or on shoutfactory.tv or I don't know where. It's probably somewhere else as well. Um, but we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. So, Dave, it's Christmas time. In Car Ranger Land, a, yeah. a, 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 a dusting of, sn- of snow has settled o'er the land. Except that it hasn't, because this is actually the second half of a two-parter. There's a cliffhanger and everything is exploding. Well, that's true, that's true. Although I will say, I was pretty surprised. This episode, would I be spoiling it? It's not. This episode is actually not a cliffhanger episode, which I was a little bit surprised by. I kind of figured we were close enough to the end... That it was just going to be kind of cliffhangers from here on out. Now, dude, I told I you we're going to wondering... we are going to have at least one more filler episode. I think it's next week. Oh yeah, you're probably right. And I think also because this is like a Christmas episode, they okay. We'll get we'll get into it um, because they lean in hard. If you don't remember from last week, uh, VRV Master, it turns out is the is also. There are two surviving Hazardians. One is Dapu, of course, and it turns out VRV Master is a Hazardian, and it's Dapu's dad. 
we uh, the at the end of the last episode, VRV Master has rescued Dapu from Barbarian, sent him back to Earth, and then executed uh, basically like a suicide attack against uh, Evil Emperor Exhaust to like buy time so that Dapu can escape to Earth. The only problem with this is that Dapu's heart is still shaken because he thinks that the Rangers are kind of like they're like not there for him in a in a way because he wanted to celebrate Christmas, which they were not thinking about doing with him, and therefore, because Dapu himself is the conduit for all magic car magic power that the Rangers have access to, they are losing like not their individual powers, but the uh, giant robots have lost their their access to like the the giant battery of Oa that is that is Dapu. Right. So like we are just watching the essentially like the needle on the gas tank drop the entire time that they're fighting. Yeah. Uh so Dapu has Dapu has successfully with the help of VRV Master gotten away from Barbarian and gotten away from Exhaust. Um but uh when when we cut back down to Earth RV Robo is in a fight with Marine Zaboom. Um, they are about to run out of energy, but uh, bef- just before they run out of energy and like completely lose, Signal Man says, "Hey, like you don't have to, you don't have to beat Marine Zaboom, because if you will recall from previous episode, all of these three robots there's like a big eagle, a big lion, and a big shark robot. Yeah, they are all being piloted by." Like, one of the Bozok who was in a car that's, like, stuck to the forehead of the robot. They're not yes. They're not inside a cockpit. They're, like, plugged into the forehead of this thing. Yeah, and this is, like, a weakness that the evil mo- that the giant monsters do not generally have. Like, they're just generally, uh, I, I said it, they're giant monsters. Right. So, Signal Man says, like, listen, I will give you an opening. Like, I'll block this next attack with my, like, huge, like, Signal Man shield. Um, and then you just hit Inventor Grotch, who was, like, sitting on top of this thing. If you can manage that, we can beat this robot together. Yeah, and, uh, that, that is, in fact, exactly what they do. Like, they use a vehicle-class weapon against just, like, a dude. A dude. <laughs> it, it is cool, though, because, like, they only have, like, 15% power left. And so they're like, okay, we'll just move all of the power into one of the five vehicles... Because that's the one that, like, Plugnado Spark comes out of. So, like, they just shunt it all into the blue one, and then that one shoots. And so, Marines of Boom goes down, and then immediately, RV Robo just shuts off. Like, that's it. They did not. That's everything that they had. So, uh, we go from there, and we see Dapu, and he's sort of, like, rocketing into Earth. He's not rocketing. He's driving, I guess. But he has a hard landing. Hard kind of crash landing uh, into Earth. But he survives. He's kind of dozy, but he he sits up and he's feeling groggy. And the rangers have rushed down to find him. And they're like, oh my gosh, Dapu, like, we're so sorry. Like, we have to say. And, like, they're clearly about to, like, make a big apology and and tell him how how important he is to them. Uh, But they don't. They're stopped. Because Dapu sits up and he starts talking. I think he's saying dad. And everything looks, like, super hazy. And so I was thinking that this was about to... Be, like, he was hallucinating or something. Like I he just also got, thought that. The way that it is shot definitely makes it look that way. Yeah, uh, but he gets up, and he's not. Like, VRV Master is just there, and the Rangers are like, Oh my gosh, it's VRV Master. Wait, wh- what? V- Holy cats! VRV Master is... Is Dapu's dad... Yeah, like, they're finding this out for the first time. Dapu yeah, I'm is... sorry, I'm explaining this in a very disjointed way, but it's sort of like a weird disjointed scene. Like, it, there's a lot of jumping back and forth. So they they are happy to see VRV Master alive, of course. Uh, Dapu is thrilled. The, Dapu gets up and runs to VRV Master and gives him a big hug. He's like, oh my gosh, Dad, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad that you're safe. Um, now, here's the problem. The problem, Dave, is oh that is the VRV Master is not safe. VRV oh Master gosh, is dude. not even VRV Master in this moment. Oh man, I was so like I. You need to talk about this. Like I had legit feelings about this part of the episode. Like I was furious. Like any 
Because it's Zelmoda. Sorry, I am going to talk about it. It's Zelmoda, and he was wearing a VRV Master disguise. And let me tell you, like, any soft feelings that I had for the Bozoak, like, up until this point, they're like, oh, they're just, like, the rowdiest boys, and, like, they're big, dumb idiots, and they just want to, like, ride forever on the intergalactic highway. Any soft feelings I had for these for these chuckleheads are gone. No, nothing is left. Explode Barbarian. I mean, maybe just Zelmoda. Like, President Gynamo might just still be, like, a big, dumb idiot. Uh, but Zelmoda can burn. I'm done. Here's here's the thing about this scene that struck me more. Uh, I, I did not have that feeling exactly. My feeling was this. Man, Zelmoda's got a weird big head. There is no way he would be able to disguise himself as VRV Master effectively. VRV Dang, Master, that's a very good point, too. I did not even think about that. VRV Master has, like, a motorcycle helmet-sized helmet. V- Zelmoda's head is twice that tall. It should not okay. work unless that is, like, a TARDIS helmet that is bigger on the inside. Well, okay, now hold up, though. It must be a TARDIS helmet because there's no way an adult Hazardian's head would fit in that helmet either. Oh, so crap, that's true. Yeah, maybe this actually is his real helmet that just, like, yeah. shrinks his head for some reason. So, uh, Land Zuan, I think is what it's called. Uh, Lands, haha. And uh, he... Dave, I'm sorry, it's Land Zazoon. Zazoon, sorry. Uh, the, the subtitle was, like, white on white, and I sort of missed it. And so anyways, he lands and he's like a big lion robot with like, like, like not Wolverine claws, like Vega claws on both hands. I feel is slightly more accurate. Okay. And he has like a tractor beam and he just sort of yoinks Dapu again. So like they went through all of this and like Dapu was rescued and they were like, nope, we got him. And built into land Zazoon it was. Yes. Is some sort of (laughs) like, like car magic power inverter. Like, like, like current inverter, and it just is going to take his good car magic and turn it into evil magic power. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like plugging something use. into the cigarette lighter in your car. Like, it converts it from DC to AC, and then you can, like, you know, plug your laptop into it. But yeah, okay, that's precisely. And so, uh, then we, this is the single greatest, I don't know, this is not the greatest moment in this episode, because there's a lot of very good moments. But we get what is maybe my favorite moment in this episode, which is, uh, <laughs> we see we over, and we see Signal Man piloting Sirender still, dragging Marine uh, Zaboom, like, off and grumbling about how he was left illegally parked. Yes, and, like, how towing him away from this city is, like, such a huge hassle, and that, like, someone should have to pay a fine for this. <laughs> it's just, like, it was, it was like a three-second line, uh, and it absolutely made this episode for me. So uh, then they're, like, back in the fight. So because what they... Land Zazoon is able to use Dapu to, like, recharge the batteries on both uh, Sky Gigante and Marine Zaboom. And so now they're all three, like, like, ready to roll. And now that those two have been revived, instead of having a car with a person driving it plugged into the forehead, it just has, like, a giant... Well, I was going to say a giant microchip. That doesn't make sense. They have a macrochip. Plugged into their forehead that is yeah, like, like celestial style. Yeah, that is doing the like you know. It, now they are automated. Now they are truly just like evil robots. They're just giant. Yeah, they're just giant robots. Um, um the, and the Car Rangers look up and they see all three of them standing together, and they're just like, "No, no, we already beat like, you. Come on, like we." <laughs> we and it's it, like you feel it, man. It was so they hard. Did. They already did the thing. <laughs> Although, so, actually, uh, now we, that I'm thinking about it, the show was clever about it. Because it gave the Rangers a way to beat Marine Zaboom earlier that did not require further explanation as to, like, how it was undestroyed and, like, made yeah. usable again. Like, no, like, they didn't destroy it before. They just, like, unplugged it, basically. Right. No, this is, like, uh, I tell you, man, when this season started, I thought it was mostly just, like, like weird goofs. But I I mean, feel it's a lot like... of goofs. I mean, it is a lot of goofs, obviously, but I feel like you can see, I think, in their desire to to have a lot of fun and to goof on Sentai stuff, 
they clearly have done a lot, a lot, a lot of thinking about all of the sort of trope elements of of Sentai. And so like after after kind of thinking about that, like they've they've looped around into actually some very good and innovative Sentai episodes. Yeah. I agree. So anyways, so we go from there, uh, we go up and we see uh, Evil Emperor Exhaust, and he's like, ah, they must be almost out of energy. I'll doom you to hell this time. <laughs> that, that is a quote I have it written down. Yeah, and he might not say this time, he just might say, I'll doom you to hell. And so the Rangers are like, well, dude, and this is awesome. They're like, we can't give up. We cannot give up, like, no matter what. Doppler's counting on us. VRV Master is counting on us. They're like, RV Robo's out of energy. We've got a little bit left in the tank with the VRV robots. But, crucially, not enough in the or tank. Or the VR vehicles. Yeah, the, the, the VR vehicles have enough energy to, like, operate independently as they're, like, separate humanoid forms. But, like, apparently combining them requires a lot of energy, and they just don't have it right now. So they're like, all right, well, we just have to, like, we will just fight separately and... You know, like, well, just, this is just what it is. Yeah. We, we just got to do what we can. Um, so this fight is on, and it's a very good fight. Like, there's... Because there's just a ton of robots. There's three evil robots, plus Sirender, plus the five fighter bots, uh, the VR fighters. And there's just a lot of, like, great choreography. Land Zazoon is a really neat-looking robot. He's just, like, a crazy giant lion anthropomorphic like lion man um it's just like it's a great it's worth going to watch if you were a sentai fan uh there's really cool music and then we're getting these shots flipping back and forth between the sort of macro fight and then shots of um dapu and then also shots of this power meter that's on land zazoon sort of slowly increasing as they're drawing more and more power from Dapu. Right. Now, so when Dapu wakes up, he realizes what's happening. He finds like, oh my gosh, my power is being drained. And not only is it being drained, it is being used to power these things that are trying to kill my friends. This is terrible. Uh, Like, I can't believe that this is how it's all going to go down. Yeah. The Car Rangers are like, no, we have to live and we have to win. Because if we die, it will ruin Christmas for Tapu. Oh my gosh. It's so And like, that sounds like a goofy joke, but like in the in the moment, it is very good because they are so committed to like caring about their friend that they're like, we have to make sure that we survive so that he won't be sad that we've died and left him. It's it is I'm not doing it justice. It's extremely no, good. No, it does. It really hits. Okay, so because here's what we get. So we see Kyosuke, and he's like, no, we're going to live because... And he looks down, and he's got... He has brought Dapu's Christmas book with him, and it's like in the cockpit of uh, Red VR Fighter. And then we get this sort of... Like, Dapu's like, is this is this it? And then we see uh, Kyosuke, and it's the action, like, shifts out. So clearly we're in some sort of, like, metaphysical realm where they're, they're kind of talking to each other. And you see it's Red Racer, and then his costume sort of fades away, and it's Kyosuke. And they're in that sort of, like, black backgrounded, misty uh, fugue zone that, like, a lot of Sentai happens uh-huh, in, depending uh-huh. on the season. And then we see... All five rangers, and they're all there in their human forms, and they're like talking to Dapu, and it oh man, like it just it just hits. It's a really, really excellent moment. Um it's it's one of those really great moments that you really you really show up to Sentai for. Yeah. The like the sort of unabashed, like exaltation of like friendship and heroism and uh like everybody's just in it and trying super hard like it was great like it was a super awesome moment so we we pull back out of that and president gynamo says all right once i have like juiced the battery on this thing to the point where evil power is at 120 percent 
I'm going to like let loose this crazy energy blast and it's going to destroy everything. So he's like sucking up that evil juice. The 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 VRV like individual robots are struggling. Uh and Dapu now sort of like now that he's had this moment of connection with the Rangers, he remembers from the end of last week's episode when VRV Master said like listen, like the power what was it the the power of car magic is unlimited if like you all share the same dream or something yeah that is that is it um and so like he remembers that the rangers are like they're not going to give up and so like the like they're all losing but you can like physically in like in the course of the fight they are losing but like uh, mentally and emotionally and sort of like spiritually you can you get the sense at this moment that like internally their tide is shifting and like yes. things are about to get a lot better for them. Yeah. Um. So they're like, no, like we can't lose because we want to celebrate Christmas with you. And then Dapu is like, how can you say something so heroic and unselfish? And he's like, I love you guys. And then he he says Dapu at the end of it, which like kind of breaks I, the moment. Yeah, it is like a very like Pikachu moment. Um, but then this is so this is great. He he is so filled with like the power of car magic that he overloads their like evil inverter circuit, and it the power spikes to like six hundred percent. And he's like, let's have a Christmas party together. And the evil robots explode. And it supercharges the VRV fighters. So then, so now it's just, I don't know, they're all there. Uh, and so it supercharges the VRV fighters. They do the victory fusion. And they're like, how are we going to do this? And Red uh, Kiyosuke says like, well, let, I'll jump into RV Robo. You guys pilot VRV Robo. And then we'll like... We'll we'll do this. And that will do an extremely cool thing. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Well, okay, so there's there's a quick thing that is uh they do a two bot victory twister. So RV Robo they, gets Vulcan Cannon. Th- there is a bit here right before they do that where the the shark thing, uh, Marines boom. His fin turns into like an energy fin and shoots it at VRV Robo, and VRV Robo just points its Vulcan cannon at this energy fin that's flying towards it and shoots it with so many bullets that it reverses its course and flies back to Marine Zaboom and it hits him. <laughs> it just explodes him. Well, that's okay. So VRV Robo has uh, Victory Twister and RV Robo has Vulcan Cannon. Or Victory... It's Vulcan Cannon and Vulcan... Whatever it is. But he's got the other one and he blasts uh, Sky Gigante, who goes down. And so now it's just these two robots and Land Zuon, who you'll remember, Dapu is still, like, strapped into the chest of. Yes. So they, like, reconfigure their weapons so that now VRV Robo has both of the guns again, right? So VRV Robo starts doing the standard victory twister, which, if you recall, is just, like, a bunch of bullets and, like, flamethrower, like, energy balls that all just fly towards something until it explodes. Yes. But, you know, they can't let it hit right in the middle because that's where Dapu is. So RV Robo is sort of like comes up from the side as the beam is about to hit uh, Land as a Zoon. It like swings the RV Robo sword and cuts the energy beam in two so that like it hits the top and the bottom but leaves the middle intact. Oh my gosh. And then, oh, it's so good. And then after that, like, like that is enough to like mostly to dr- destroy Land Zazoon and get Dapu free. Dapu gets free, lifts his arms up, and just says "car magic," and then the robot just explodes. And then he sort of like he, like teleport blasts away, and then does like a le- he has a trench coat on, and then does like a legit like superhero landing, like the three point superhero landing, and stands up, and his trench coat flutters behind him for a second. It's it's a hundred percent the best moment Dapu's ever it's had. So, it's it's at least his best moment since he did like that fight with Zelmoda in the second episode. Oh, that was very good too. Um. So he is, he kind of lands and he's still like, 
once he has a moment to sort of like he kind of comes down from this, he's obviously he's still very sad about his dad. Um, so we go from there to Pegasus Motors, and it's the evening, and uh, there's a cake, there's a cake, and there's like some Christmas stuff set up, and the Rangers have somehow gotten little plastic cake toppers of their own heads. I mean, Dave, the Car Rangers are very famous and popular. I'm sure you can pick those up at any store. I do actually really dig the degree to which there there seems to be Car Ranger merch in the world of Car Ranger. And I, I especially love it because you know that the Car Rangers are not seeing a thin dime of that. Yeah, no, no, no. That money is actually probably all going to Evil Emperor Exhaust. Yeah. Um, and it goes like he's super bummed about his dad. Like, obviously, right? Uh, the Rangers all, they, they show up and they're like, Dapu! And I think... At first, I thought that they had kind of forgotten, but I don't think that's possible. I think they're just trying to put a brave face on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, we're here, and like we're so excited. like We love you, and like you're so important to us, and like, we want to celebrate Christmas with you. And he has this and moment. And there's another great moment. He has this moment where oh. he's like, like, but like, yeah, like the other day, you were saying that you were all really excited to go home and celebrate Christmas with your families. That's what you always do. Oh. And I, th- I, I think it's Minoru is like, Dude, like, you all are like a family to me, so this is, like, just as good as that. Like, do not even stress about it, my dude. Oh, my heart. It was, oh, it's such a great moment. So, um, they have, they all have presents for Dapu, which is really rad. And then, I think it's Yuko's in the background, and she says, hey, there's, like, there's another present back here. Like, is this anybody's? And everybody says no. And then Minoru's like, ooh, does it say Minoru on it? Because uh, Minoru is rapidly, if he wasn't my favorite before, he is. he's rapidly becoming my favorite ranger. And they're like, no, <laughs> shut up. It's not for you. Uh, or they open it. And what is it, Matt? It is six. Six bottles of coffee milk. Which, if you have forgotten, is the signature victory drink of the VRV Master. Yeah, and there's a card. Uh, did you write down what it said on the card, Dave? I didn't. I did not. I, so, well, okay. I did not write down the exact details of what the card said, but here are the. Here's the gist of it. It's like, hey, <laughs> like, first, like coffee milk is like great for a refreshing beverage, and after a victory, also like, I am not there. I will see you later, though. Which, like, that's less cool, VRV Master. Right. <laughs> like, if like, you're alive, maybe you could show up for Christmas. Would be great. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Maybe he's he's the lone wolf of the universe. You can't you can't tie him down. <laughs> so then I was looking at the timer as I was watching the episode. It's like, wow, this episode seems like it's over. There's still, like, quite a few minutes left. I don't think the credits are going to be this long. Like, what's going on? And then I found out, Matt. I found out why it seemed like the episode was over. Because the story of the episode was over, Matt. Yep. But, the, but they had one more, the Christmas celebration one more treat was for us. Yes. Because they launch into a full-on, like, two-minute music video of the Car Ranger Christmas song. And they're, like, flying around, like, dropping presents off of Thunder Dragon. We get a shot of Signal Man uh, writing a Christmas letter out to his Signal fan. Which, it bums me out, that he's because he's still at Koban base. Like, he's not celebrating Christmas with them, which I felt sad about. Right. But he probably is, also, is okay. Also, weirdly, was not celebrating it with the Car Rangers and Dapu. He was just at Yeah, home. no, 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 that's what I was saying, uh, that he did not celebrate it with them. He's just at Koban base. And they're, like, dropping presents off and, like, launching fireworks and stuff. <laughs> At one point, they launch a firework. They launch a firework, and it, it doesn't make, like, a fireworks explosion. It just makes the sky start snowing. Yeah, that's a great, that's a very cool firework. I wish we had Dave, that. Dave, listen, the, the power of car magic is unlimited if you share the same dream. It. Uh, so we see, speaking of sharing the same dream, Matt, hey, uh, we see Zanette. And she's up on Earth, and she, or she's up on Earth, she's up on Barbarian, and she looks out the window at Earth, and then the whole planet sort of morphs into a giant red racer head, and she's got a little, like, martini drink, and she sort of, like, raises her glass to Earth and gives a wry smile, as though, like, she and Red Racer 
are are already an item and like ah, i think of you fondly while like their deadly enemies are all like <laughs> five feet behind her um and then that is uh and then, and then it, that's the end of the episode the, the last image of the episode is it zooms in on the picture in the christmas plan book that dapu had made that he had drawn a big red x over when he was sad that the Rangers were not planning to spend Christmas with him. And the red X fades away, and the camera, like, fades from a picture of, like, the Dapu drawing of them all together. It's very nice. It is. It's a great, it's a great moment. So, that's the end of our episode. Yeah. Well, okay, we actually do have, I actually, I don't know what to I mean, I guess everybody else does. So I guess they have to go on the the monster, the creature royale. Um, You're talking about the the three. Yeah. And I, okay. So first of all, I feel like they go on together, right? Yeah. I mean, do do they go on in one unit? Like, like are they one entry or are they three entries that are like come like to? Because like the way that we have the, uh, the the three Stooges from Dire Ranger, like they are all together, but we did put them in order of importance. Okay, so yeah, I think, and same with the although the weirdly, it looks like we did it wrong because Telephone Teacher is above Company President Tombstone, and I don't know how that happened. Ooh, tough to say. Although I f- I feel like it had a lot to do with her wrestling persona. Yeah, that is true. If I'm recalling correctly, that's, that's almost definitely it. So, okay, so as far as these guys go, I feel like we have a couple of spots where where we can think of as starting places. I feel like Snake Armor is is kind of a good spot. I feel like the Four Kings of Heaven are a good spot. Uh, I feel like Semimaru is a good spot. And they're all, because they're all like, they're monsters, definitely, but they are very much like lackey monsters. Right. That don't have much in the way of like personality or story of their own. Yeah, like frankly, for the most part, until the last few minutes, they weren't even their own monster at all. They were just like a robot suit that someone used. Yeah. So I actually think is, I think Semimaru is, is probably a better spot or... Honestly, um, I was going to say Thunder from Die Ranger is more equivalent. Yes, actually, I think, yeah, Thunder is, I was going to say somebody else, but I had the name wrong. I think Thunder is who I'm thinking of. So I think Thunder from Die Ranger is a really good spot because he is also effectively, like he's he's the biggest part of Warstar. Like he's yeah. just a, a vehicle that you're driving around. No, I will say, so, I, I really, I think the design of these guys is very cool. Yeah, I like the fact that there's three of them. Yeah. I dig that they're animal themed. I think their design is very neat. So they've got that going for them, I think, over and above Thunder. Yeah, uh, definitely. So above Thunder is um, Spectacular Character Find of 2015, Energy Butt, uh, Barra Missler, Barra Mammoth, Barra Boxer, uh, P.P. Rappa, Azuki Rai, the Bean Washer. Yeah, so as I'm, as I'm looking at all of these... At all of these dudes, um, my immediate jump is I. I like him better. I actually am going to go all the way up to to Tengu. I think he's cooler than like WW Warichito, Bara Police, Azuki Rai. Uh, when I get up to Tengu, I think Tengu is really neat. Tengu was from um, O Ranger, and he was around for a number of episodes. He had a cool look. He he did a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, I thought oh, Tengu no, he was, was really Ranger. Rad. Or sorry, Cocker Ranger. Thank you. Um, now, Dave, do do you recall that Vacuum Dimension was a monster from Jetman, and the thing that he vacuumed away was love? Ooh, I did not remember that. And he vacuumed the love out of the heart of like a bride at the altar. And so that woman's little sister was furious at this monster and went to go find the Jetman and enlisted the help of Guy, who, like, had to, like, soften his heart to, like, work with this young girl. Oh, man, that is... Okay, okay. Well, they're definitely better than W.W. or Ichito. Uh... 
does. They're like a giant shark. His fin shoots off of oh, his no, head. Oh, no, I was just trying to remember who WWE Chieto. Actually, I, I do is, like that guy. I like him, too, but, like, um, you know, he's like a bird miner. Like, it's neat. He's got a jetpack. It's, it's, he's cool, but, like, yeah, I think I, these, I, I feel these comfortable three with dudes. That. Yeah. So, now the question is, like, do you have a... I, I have sort of an immediate, which is I think Land Zuan is is maybe I think he's got the coolest look, and I like that he's got like a crazy like energy inverter in his chest. And then Marine Zuan has that, or uh, Marine Zaboom has that super cool like launchy fin shark. Also, missile. Marine Zaboom is just very fun to say. Yeah, and then I think Sky Gigante is is at the bottom there. Yeah, I mean I think that the they got cooler as they were released into the show. So like that is that is the exact order that they that that happened in. Oh yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. All right, well then, that being settled, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail If you would like to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. Uh, Dave, if the good people want to get in touch with you to try out the playtest for the tabletop role-playing game that you've been creating, how would they do that? You can just email me at gosentaiheroes at gmail.com. Uh, I will get the rules out to you and then uh, put you on the updates list for uh, anything else that we work on. I do want to say um, I am in the middle of like my kind of craziest time of year. So unfortunately, um, updates and work on that project has stalled a little bit. But I'm very excited to still be moving forward with it, um, and the and the rules as they are are still I think pretty pretty playable and playtestable. So I'd be delighted to get that out, and uh, I'm always excited to hear feedback about it. Dave, I, I think we need to frame this differently. It's not that the work has stalled; it's that you're giving people time to test the game before you go there back you in on go. round two. Yeah, there we are. Just gotta you gotta spin, man. You gotta spin. Uh, anyway, folks, if you'd like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section there are five stars. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on there, or just tell a friend, honestly. Um, that would be very cool of you. Uh, if you want to tell them where to find us, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of, of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Uh, to find it and any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Come